inside. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, February 4th, and you're listening to um, our guest interview day today. It's uh, We're excited you're listening, whether you're up in uh, Virginia, listening on the Lighthouse, or Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. Um, I think you're going to uh, want to tell somebody uh, to join you in listening uh, today because uh, our guest is a guy that you want to hear his story. I think it'll be encouraging, especially in light of everything going on in our country. Uh, a lot of people have been concerned about freedoms being limited, uh, people being censored for trying to put out things that uh, the government or other people don't want you to say, big tech trying to stop you from saying, what if you were thrown in jail for simply telling somebody about Jesus or wanting to baptize, baptize somebody? Stop and think for a second. What Would you still do it if there was a threat of that? Because this man did, who's our guest today, his name is John Monger. His real name is Bim Monger, but I met him as John. He was my translator, and I'm so excited he can join us today. John, welcome to SWAT Radio. Thank you, brother. Good afternoon from Texas. Yeah, Texas. You, you you now live in Texas, but for the first part of you li- your life, you grew up in a country called Bhutan, which is a mountainous country over between China and India, right? Isn't that, isn't, isn't that right? Yes, uh, it's north of India and uh, south of China, sandwiched between two great countries. And you were over there. That's the country you grew up in. You did not grow up as a Christian. In fact, uh, you grew up as a Buddhist, right? Your family were Buddhist. Yes. Uh, from my birth, I was a Buddhist, and uh, I practiced Buddhism from my childhood until I came to know uh, the Lord uh, till 1992. But I had been practicing Buddhism is very strict. Uh, I had to, I had to recite the prayer, 108 pages of prayer. Also in the school before the classes start, we had to recite that 108 pages of prayer. And also before the end of the school, uh, I mean the evening, like uh, 4:30 when the school closed. Before that, we need to recite 108 pages uh, prayer. So that was a strict practice. It's also called Driklam Nam Lam Driklam Namja, something like that. I kind of forgot it's been already twenty five to thirty years now. Um yeah, so this is how I grew my daughter. And uh growing up over there, when you grew up in Bhutan, Bhutan was very different in the way their government was run uh than the United States, wasn't it? how how was the how was that country uh, how was that government? Was it a, a monarchy or was it a t- dictator? What was it over there? Yeah, it was a monarchy, a king, very powerful, autocratic, uh, kind uh, one man decisions like king, when the king decides, mm-hmm. uh, when king speaks, the public have no any right to 
confront him. So um, king had a power, and king uh, king is like a god in Bhutan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when king when king speak, everyone will be silent. When king come to visit you uh, in your school or in your office area, everybody will bow. I mean, uh, prostrate down to the ground, bow bow down, kneel down mm-hmm. with all the music, with all the with all the music, with all the uh, monks and with all uh, the musician with all the instrument. So it is something like time of uh, uh, king uh, during the time of Daniel when uh, uh, during the time of that uh, three young guys. Mm. So this is what exactly the system in Bhutan. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so when you were growing up over there in this uh, monarchy, which you didn't have a whole lot of uh, say as people like we do here in this country, um, there were a lot of people who were persecuted there, not just for um, religious beliefs but even political beliefs believing that maybe they shouldn't have a king what happened to those people john how were they treated if you disagreed with the king or if you disagreed with what the king said about religion or anything for that matter anytime they would be uh, arrested anything he spoke against king would be uh, arrested and very very strict hmm. um in i I just uh, came to know in 1990 to 1991, 1992, when the people started uh, demand, demanding the democracy because Bhutan didn't have a human rights, uh, no access of TV, no internet during those days, and um, uh, you know, no freedom of speech, nothing there, and. Um, if anybody spoke anything else, they would be arrested, put into the prison. There is no uh, certain date, what day, what time he would be released. Many people die. Mm-hmm. Many people die inside the prison. Um, and uh, 1991 to 1992 was a big demonstration. People demanded the democracy and people uh, started... Uh, Uh, the government started uh, arresting them one by one, coming to the house, taking away all your properties. And uh, young people were, especially young women, were raped by the Bhutan armies. Uh, young men were shot dead, taken to the prison and never come back. So that was actually 1990 to 1993. 1992 was a very especially for the young people. Um, people were arrested even from the college, from the school. And I was also, I was also threatened many times. I was uh, running away from the city area, from my village area. Anytime army would come and arrest. So that was the time that I was going through that kind of situations. Yeah, you, in fact, um, but I, I want to back up just a second. You grew up Buddhist, but it, you you didn't come to uh, Jesus through a um, through a big crusade. You were actually walking down the street, and a young man came up to you and gave you a book. And um, 
he shared with you this little book about what, what was the name of it? The joy of, of life or something. What, what was the name? It's a small booklet called the wonderful love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That booklet was, uh, it's all about talking about Jesus and crucifixions and Jesus rose from the dead. And that was an extraordinary book for me. I never read this kind of book. When I read, I felt the power. I felt the voice speaking unto me. This is the truth. This is the truth. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. Before that, I had a, I had always uh, the feeling of dying because I didn't want to die in the hand of army. I don't want to die mercilessly. I just want to die uh, whatever whatever way I can, or either. Um, I just don't want to die in the hand of army. And uh, the fear was always inside of me. The fear was always tormenting me. I was also thinking that anytime I may get bullets from somewhere, anytime I would die any in a very terrible way. So I was thinking, I was thinking always my, uh, my mind was tormented by this fear of death. And, uh, but when I read that book, when I read that book, a young man, 14 years old, I was 16 years at that time, so he gave me this book, booklet. A very simple English, I was reading that. And the first day, I mean, the, in my life, for the first time, I was pronouncing the name of Jesus. So that name of Jesus itself gave me peace inside of me. Uh, and uh, there was kind of a divine voice. Uh, this is the truth. This is the truth that I, that I'm very much assured in my heart. So that's how every line I read, every word I read, there is something divine figure speaking unto me. Mm-hmm. So this is what I felt. So that's how finally, uh, later on, after maybe five, six days, I accepted the Lord. And you trusted him. You you ended up going to a meeting in the woods uh, and learning about what that meant, and you started following Christ and started trying to share with your family. How did they respond when you shared with them? Uh, yeah, he, t- he said that let's go to have a fellowship, and that fellowship, word fellowship itself is a very strange for me. What did this mean, fellowship? He said, let's go to fellowship. And uh, he brought a black book, and then uh, he said, that book itself is uh, strange for me. It's a black black cover uh, book, a black color outside, out, outer cover, and then he said, this is Bible. Wow, and what is this Bible? So he said, this is a holy book. Was that your first time to ever see a Bible, John? First time, yes. First time I ever saw the Bible. Well, John, hey, we're going to have to go to a break. When we come back from the break, I want you to take us from seeing that Bible for the first time and going to that meeting, okay? We're going to be right back. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I'm interviewing Pastor John Monger, a Bhutanese pastor who is now in Austin, Texas. He runs uh, an international church out there called Restoration Church. And uh, we're going to be back with more of his story on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. Go get a friend and tell them to listen to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And whether you're listening on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in uh, Folkston, Georgia, up in on the Lighthouse in Virginia, or WMER in Meridian, you can also listen at SWATradio.com if you're getting out of your vehicle or moving away from the radio. Uh, just uh, go to SWATradio.com, or you can download our app also. We're talking to Pastor John Monger today, and he was sharing about when he came to Christ at around the age of 15, 16 years old in the country of Bhutan, which is a country between China and India, where they were under a monarchy, and um, it was a very tough place to live. And John had was just describing how he had been given a little booklet about Jesus, and he read it, and now he's going back to a fellowship, is what it was called, to come fellowship with other believers, and he was handed this book with a black cover on it called A Powerful Book. It was a Bible. And John, when you first saw that, what went through your mind back then? I mean, what were you thinking as they led you into the woods and you were seeing this Bible? Um, Obviously, God was drawing you to himself, but was it strange for you? Yeah, at the first, uh, when I saw that uh, black uh, power Bible, um, you know, I feel like God. I feel like God because uh, because um, I was really searching the truth. I was uh, tormented by fear. And by seeing that this is a, that guy, young guy was telling this is a holy book, a powerful book, and this is this is the word of God. And each chapter or each word of that book gave me peace, especially especially Matthew chapter seven. Uh, somewhere somewhere there it says, uh, "Beware of wolf yeah. in the face of him coming in the form of the sheep." So during that time, these armies 
were coming with their undercover dresses and catching the young people and arresting, killing. Wow, that this is how he spoke to me. And then, wow, this is really true. So, um, you know, sometimes nighttime army arrested, sometimes daytime, sometimes they just arrest and they don't take, they will just, they will just threaten us and then leave us inside the jungle all alone and with, uh, without clothes. It's very, very uh, challenging time. So, so they were arresting people who were professing belief in Jesus at that time, right? Um, yeah, that was later on. But uh, during that time was those people who are demanding the democracy. They were uh, giving voice for the democracy. So mm-hmm. this is how the people were, uh, they were arresting. Yeah, but, so, uh, but, but when I, you were arrested, yeah. oh, you weren't arrested because you were promoting democracy. Why were you arrested? Yeah, I um, yeah I joined that fellowship, and that was the first day of the fellowship. Uh, it is not in the uh, it is not in the church, not in the house, but it is inside the uh, bushes. People were hiding, worshiping, uh, worshiping Jesus, and they are just uttering out the name of Jesus. And I still remember the song that "Thy loving kindness is better than life." <laughs> I lift my hands up. Into thy name. So when when everybody did, when everybody would lift up the hand, I also lift up my hand. So I felt I felt that power, that tangible power, the presence of God is there. I was sweating, and there, there a, a man, even not a pastor, but he uh, shared the word, and then gave the altar call, gave the chance to come to come forward and receive Jesus. So that was actually, I think, knowingly or unknowingly, I just went forward, and uh, he led me to Christ. Uh, he prayed the prayer of uh, repentance, and I followed him. So when I did that, I felt that divine peace inside of me. All the fear that was tormenting me inside, everything went out. And I felt that joy. I felt that peace. And with, uh, with, with, with all this joy, I went home. And I share about Jesus. I share about how I received Jesus. And now the persecution is started even from my family. They started calling me that, oh, you, you, you adopted American religion. This is white men religion. This is American religion. You don't even care your brothers and sisters. You guys live together. You, uh, you, you eat cow. All these things, they, all kinds of things, because, uh, you know, some uh, some uh, you know uh, cows are like counted as a god over there, one of the goddesses out there. So you eat all these things. You accepted the American religions, and you are bad now. You are outcasted from family. So this is how the you know to tell in short. It's a long story, but uh, the following month was a December, and um, the, the, our Christian friends they say that. Let's uh, let's let's uh, let's celebrate the Christmas. So uh, I don't know what is Christmas. So we just gather there and cook food and um, singing song and people were dancing. This is how we were celebrating the Christmas. But not knowingly, evening time when we were about to eat, these twelve people came. Uh, actually, they hopped of Bhutan with the undercover dress. They came and arrested us. 
So they blame us that you Christian, you are uh, you 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 practice the American religions. You people are bad people. You are destroying our um, destroying our community. So they arrested. They took us to the district administration office at night time. They beat us all night. All they were asking is to deny Jesus. Every now and then they are asking us to deny Jesus. And if we don't deny Jesus, uh, to leave the country. Hmm. So that was, this is how the prosecution started. And how long were you in jail there, uh, initially in Bhutan? For three months, I was in and out. Three months in and out. They arrested, kept us there for one week sometimes, for three days sometimes. And they beat us. Every time they ask the questions, the silly question is, deny Jesus. You deny Jesus or you will be kicked out from country. Deny Jesus. And I said, I just remember the word of God, Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, following, if you, if you deny me before people, I will also deny you before my heavenly Father. If you accept me, I mean, if you confess me before people, I will also confess you before my heavenly Father. I didn't know Bible much, but uh, when I just heard about that, I just read that part, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew 5. This is very much helpful for me. That also, another scripture also said, blessed are the one, those who are persecuted and criticized, beaten up. When people say all kinds of bad things, rejoice, for your reward is great in heaven. Mm. So these are the word of God really encouraging for me and so almost three months, it is like in and out, in and out. And uh, But one thing that God helped me was never, I never, never denounce the name of Jesus. I never denounce uh, through my mouth that I didn't want to follow Jesus. I never did that. This is how I'm surprised because that time they beat us. They beat us on the mouth, punch on the mouth. And whenever we say Jesus, they punch there, hmm. and then they jump over our belly. They let us uh, bend down and hit by all kinds of, uh, like a whip. It's uh, so hard, but I never, never denounce the name of Jesus. Well, and they told you if you didn't deny Jesus, then you would be forced to leave the country. And for you... Uh, you were the eldest in your family. You had land over there that your dad owned that you would be in charge of. And you ended up having to leave the country because you wouldn't uh, deny Jesus, correct? Yes. Uh, according to my culture, persons uh, are privileged to have a, a land, nice land or we had a beautiful orange garden. We had a two acres of orange garden, three acres of cardabum. Uh, cardabum, uh, I don't know what it says here, but cardabum, but very expensive, a very expensive one. These are the uh, business that people get money, a lot of money from there. Mm-hmm. We had a big paddy field, a beautiful, uh, beautiful river flowing, uh, crystal river flowing, uh, flowing just beside my house beautiful uh, trees and mango trees, uh, apple trees, all these things were there. But uh, I was forced, I was forced to leave all this uh, property if I don't uh, deny Jesus. And my dad was actually trying to convince me, just say secretly before them, uh, before the officers, 
just say that I will deny, but actually you don't deny Jesus. It's okay for you. For me, I, I'm fine with you, but you don't deny Jesus. Um, keep it in your heart, <laughs> but um, just before them, before the officer, just verbally, just verbally, just let them hear, so that you will, so that you would stay, you would able to stay. So, but that suggestion from my dad somehow he loved me, cared me. But uh, that was not biblical for me. I told my dad, Dad, one day I will meet you. I honor you. My Bible says, honor the dad and mom mm-hmm. and uh, obey them. Uh, one day I will definitely meet you. But I don't know where I'm going. Now the government is kicking me out. I'm ready, but I don't want to deny Jesus. Mm. So the persecution was very severe, very severe. Uh, that was particular day. They beat me so badly, including my ten other, us uh, no, uh, eighteen other families. There were young people, young girls, uh, young men like me. That was very shiver. They took out our clothes. Very uh, cold. The snowfall take place in that place, and uh, I was uh, very much chill. I was shivering there, um, feeling hungry also. All night they kept us, all day they kept us, and beating all the time. And they speaking all over the face all the time, cursing us, speaking with so bad words. And all my faces were stinging so bad. This speech uh, was so bad. And um, and then they, the police officer jumped and kicked me. Actually, I was praying, God, give me warm on my body a little bit. I just want little warm. He kicked me so badly, I was just knocked down on the ground. Um, but when I got up, when I got up, I had a heat penetrated on my body. All over my body, I had a heat. It was I, heat, I, from, I was it was heat from the beating he was giving you, right? <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a heat from the beating, but I really found it as a blessing because yeah. I could not be a very cold over there. Cold all night with a half naked body shivering there. Oh my gosh. Hey, John, we're going to have to come right back. Listen, you're listening to SWAT Radio, and John Monger's talking about praying to God for heat in the middle of getting beaten with hardly any clothes on and God giving him a supernatural warmth over there as he has beaten. We're going to be right back with more of his story on SWAT Radio after the news. Stay tuned. Doug McCary, welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder, and I love those first two lines. I've been held by the Savior. I felt fire from above. And I'm John, I was just sitting here thinking about you shivering in the cold over most people in America may not know what the land is like over there between China and India. It's it's very mountainous and cold, and you're there over there, half clothed, being beaten and praying and asking God for warmth. And as this guard is beating you, 
you feel this warmth and and you've told me this before that you don't remember really feeling the blows that he was hitting you with. Is that right? Did I remember that right? Yes, yes. Uh, actually, uh, he uh, hit me so badly, but there was no more. There was no pain. I didn't feel pain, and I really thank God how great God is. And he even uh, protected the pain, and I and then gave me exactly what I wanted. That was I counted. Each of these uh, challenges counted as a blessing for me. Well, you know, John, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, most people in this country, uh, when they start following Jesus, they're not thrown in jail. They're not beaten. And I'm just wondering, what was, what were you thinking? Uh, were you doubting God's goodness then? Were you doubting him at all? when you were struggling with that? Did you struggle with that when you were in jail there? Um, I think that I never expected that when I become a Christian uh, that I would go through all this situation, all this uh, beaten, all these persecutions. When, the, when, when this persecution started one by one, when I faced this, nothing is strange to me. I fell peace because I... I always felt the presence of Jesus beside me. Uh, it's okay. It's okay, my son. I'm with you. Mm. These are the words that is a voice inside of me. And I felt joy. There is no, there, there was no any regret on it. Uh, I felt always joy. Nobody actually taught me. There was no Bible school, no mentoring classes, no, uh, you know, even fellowship had to go five hours walk on walk to find out one Christian, five mm-hmm. um, hours walk, no transportation, nothing else. There were big, big rivers in the summertime. People, you know, get drawn by the river and large flood take place. So um, it was not easy, actually. There was not a concrete church inside the rooms or inside the jungle. We just gather. But wow, it is, it is, it is such a, a blessing for us, all these things. Well, and then when you left Bhutan, you were kicked out of that country. You went to a refugee camp in Nepal, which is where I met you. You were actually my translator there as I was preaching the gospel to many, many people, many Bhutanese refugees there. And that's how you and I met uh, back, I think, in 2006, around that time frame, almost 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And But when you came to Nepal... They put you in prison there as well for preaching, correct? Yes, uh, in Nepal, uh, as I mentioned earlier, 150,000 people also were kicked out from Bhutan because of the political uh, political issues. They were asking uh, democracy in Bhutan, freedom of Bhutan. The king was not happy with that, and he used the army, and the, the people were kicked out. So these people, uh, later on I met them in the Nepal refugee camp, eastern part of Nepal. The refugee camp was established in seven different places, and I was one of the refugee camp. Um, I also registered my name as a refugee there. I started preaching the gospel in the refugee camp because refugee camp, many uh, young people, there were many, many groups, many, many uh, political groups. 
um, they were having a, a very revengeful heart to fight back with Bhutan with with, with all the with all the evil plan. But my heart was like preaching gospel to them, telling them the Jesus. And one by one, people started coming to the Lord. But the, when Nepal government came to know that I am a Christian, I am preaching the gospel, even in the refugee camp, I was arrested in the uh, in the refugee camp custody. And and I asked them, why you arrest me? Even those officials, they never tell that they never tell the region. But they just take me there, take me there all night. Next day, they, they release me again. One week, they will take me there, and it is all very much mentally. I was very much abused. But in 1994, 1994, I took my ten other friends, and I was preaching the gospel. Uh, one hour away from the refugee camp, that was second September, and uh, preaching the gospel, distributing the those little little booklet gospel literatures. Yeah, again, I was. We were arrested and put into the custody for 21, 28 days. Uh, so badly beaten up over there, also. Then after twenty-eight days, we were transferred to the jail, the Himalayan on the top of the hill area, very cold place. And for fifteen months, I was in that prison uh, from nineteen ninety-four to until nineteen ninety-six. And when you were there. There was a group. How many were y'all uh, of y'all? Did they arrest ten or eleven of y'all? Yeah, including me, we were eleven of us. There were four ladies, and we seven uh, boys. And y'all sat in that jail for fifteen months. And again, did they make? Didn't they make the offer to you there that if you deny Jesus and stop preaching, they would let you out? Yeah, I just. <laughs> I just uh, said it in a very uh, briefly. If I had to say that, it's really very heartbreaking. Each day, each moment was very tough time. Every time they just take out, uh, we were in the dark room. uh, Even in that small, just like a toy uh, restroom size, uh, more than 20 people, they pack up pile up the people over there and all the drunkard, all the evil people, all the uh, dirty speaking people are there. And when we ask to go for restroom, they will not take us to the restroom. Uh, we were so tortured over there mentally, physically, and then one by one, they take us and they beat us by the rod on the, on the sole of our feet. They beat us like that. They let us pray. And then when we pray, they said, that, do you think it is a church? And then again, they beat us. Mm. She said, so you said to pray. And then, so that's how they used to uh, beat us. And sometimes they break the bottles, pieces of bottles, and then they let us barefooted uh, without uh, without any... Sh- of course, we are not allowed to wear any uh, slipper or any shoe inside. So this is how they just take out, uh, take us out and then let us work with the barefoot, a lot of bottles, but God protected us. So this is how 20, 28 days was so bad. Um, uh, even even though they give us food, some rice, I, you know, so dirty. Like uh, some of the cops, they, the officers um, speak so bad and curse us. Also, he come, 
he used to comb his hair and then let all, all the all the hairs the pieces of hairs falling down on the on our plate food plate and then we can still see our the the pieces of hair falling down on the our plate and then he said now you have to eat it and then oh it is so disgusting so you know so if we don't eat it and then he beat us on the mouth and then we got up again so with full of hair we ate food so disgusting uh, and if we don't eat it again he will beat us so so many time asking us always same question i think satanic satanic uh, doctrines is maybe the same in bhutan and even in america or in any country nepal also asking the same thing deny you want to deny jesus or you want to go to prison you want to deny jesus or you want to go to prison and uh you know i i i say no i will not deny jesus jesus is a true god jesus loves you jesus is a real god jesus died for you sir i was preaching that way uh, this is how the christian uh, actually it was a spent a three and a half years repentance but uh but uh i also thank god for voice of martyrs in america and a very strong letter to Nepal government and uh, we were able to release in 1996 after 15 months. Yeah, I think President Bush was involved with that, wasn't he? Uh, I... Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I I read the articles, The Voice of Martyrs and also Torture for Christ from India going together and Prison Fellowship in Nepal. Mm-hmm. and then i read the articles there uh, strong letters 11 young 11 young christian innocent christians are uh, being held in prisons release them mm-hmm. release them from your country something like that so i it would be by the president bush or voice of martyrs um, so the nepal prime minister was saying like no 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 there, there is no one in the prison mm-hmm. no and then the, pressurize him saying that what are you check and then but then finally it uh, finally i think uh, he came to know that we are there and then we were released 1996 well john i remember a, one of my swat bible study guys asked the question one time the same thing your dad asked he said why didn't he just lie tell him he denied jesus but in his heart really believed And I'll never forget your response. You said, because I might be the only witness that that jailer ever sees. And you were faithful, even in the midst of being beaten. You loved the jailer. You tried to share with him. And when we come back, I want to kind of finish our time up by talking about what life is like here and now and how we as Americans can prepare to be like you were in that circumstance. So we're going into our last break. John, we'll be right back. And uh, stay tuned. You're listening to SWAT Radio. I'm talking to Pastor John Monger. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, this is Doug McCary from SWAT Radio. Welcome back. We're talking to Pastor John Monger, who is the pastor of International Restoration Church, IRC. And if you want to know more about that church and you would like to help that church out in any way, uh, you can go to www.ircaustin.org. That's www.ircaustin, as in Austin, Texas, .org. And you can go online there. You can make a donation to that church uh, and um, help them out. And John, uh, I've known John a long time um, since 2006, he has never asked me for a dime uh, in the, all the time I've known him. He's been a man of faith. And if you go to that website and look at his picture and the picture of the people in that church, you see how God has used him and the lives of those people. And, John, as I was thinking about you sharing and just what God was doing was in the same way he prepared Joseph to help his people he prepared you to lead people for him, and he started you off with a very, very steep learning curve as you were being beaten and imprisoned for your faith. And now here you are in America, and it's too long of a story to share how you got here, but I was part of that process with you of uh, watching you deny opportunities to come here because you believe God wanted you to stay over there. You did not come here until you felt the freedom of God to come because you had opportunities to come a lot sooner. Uh, in fact, your family came. But God brought you here in his timing, and you started this church, and you've been faithful in in leading those members and, and ministering to many uh, Bhutanese refugees all across America. How many refugees are there right now in America from Bhutan, John? I think, uh, over 90,000 right now. 90,000. 
And you told me one time that that year that I was there, 2006, where I preached there and you were the translator. Cause so really it was your voice. They were understanding it was, a you know, God used us in partnership there with him. There were 35,000 people there that day that were Buddhist and Hindus that heard that message. And many of those people are now in churches here in this country. And so God has brought them here, I believe, to be witnesses. And so what would you say to people in America? John, you've been here now since 2009, so over 11 years. And and I know you've interacted a lot with people. And we have, you know, we, we have different cultures than you grew up in. And our culture is, has been one of freedom. We didn't grow up with a monarchy like you did. What would you say to encourage us as believers as we go through these times where social media is censoring us and many Christians feel like they can't speak about Jesus uh, or they can't talk about him in their workplace? What would you say to people out there today? Uh, I just want to say uh, before my experience here in America, I really thank God that I, I you came to the Bhutanese refugee camp where uh, over 30, 35, almost in that, actually in that camp, 40,000 people were there. And um, that day was an open crusade, gospel crusade, and he preached there wearing the Nepali outfit uh, with the Nepali hat, Nepali, uh, Nepali dresses. But uh, the message was very powerful that he spoke of the gospel message. But uh, I only knew that there were uh, hundreds of uh, evil guys, those Maoists, uh, with a under with an undercover dress, and they were speaking. I was on the stage. You were on the stage speaking uh, the gospel. They were saying that this white guy, uh, him, uh, on his forehead and knocking down all these things. They were murmuring and they were very angry beside that uh, areas but i didn't tell you on the stage i, I thought you would be discouraged <laughs> I just want you to preach the gospel yeah so uh, i i translated keep on translating but I, what i mean to say is that how god protected you because those people there they kill literally they kill in that just beside that there was a jungle many 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 people are murdered in that area and that in that very place the stage was set up. So uh, I was also kind of having a fear, but how God protected you in that thousands of uh, crowd of people. And um, yeah, the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and uh, IOM, International Organizations of Migrations, and UNHCR, United Nations High Commission for Refugees, um, they decided to bring the refugees in the United States. Sixty uh, thousands already came that time, um, but this case it is over ninety thousand. But uh, in that time, I was always praying to God, God, if it is only Your will, I will go to the United States. If not, don't take me to the United States. So many times I was also called in that office. The, um, when the time comes for signing the paper, giving my consent, I didn't sign. But one day, God, God spoke to me. Before that, I was also praying, God, 
your word says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make the disciples. So how it could be? Because I'm a refugee. I don't have passport. I don't have any legal document. How it could be? So since the uh, DHS office, they were calling me again and again. So God spoke to me very clearly that uh, now you have to go to the United States. When you go there, get a citizen of U.S., and with the citizen of U.S., you will have a passport, and you can travel to the you can travel to the other part of the world. And that prayer that you had been asking, how it could be, because no citizen, no passport. So this will be uh, this will be fulfilled. So with these confirmations, I signed the paper. I came to United States in 19 uh, sorry in 2009 when I landed in Austin Airport. Uh, I had no one here. I felt very lonely at midnight. The refugee office, uh, from the refugee office, uh, the case manager came and picked us up and put us in the apartment. The apartment was empty, nothing, nothing there. There was a frozen turkey. I never saw the frozen turkey like that in the refrigerator. And there was a, a big onion. My son started uh, asking the milk. Where, from where I get milk for him? I had no money, nothing else. Um, what to do? Transportations, no phone, no internet. I I remember walking on the I-35 highway, I-35, searching the church, searching uh, the grocery shop and things like that. Uh, it was so funny, you know, Walmart, uh, HEV, or all the stores are just right there, but during those days, I didn't know anything because in India and Nepal, if you want to buy anything, it is just there on the street. <laughs> you so didn't know what a Walmart was, right? You didn't know about HEB or no. grocery stores. No, 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 nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. So one day God spoke to me. Um, I don't search church. Don't search church. And God is, I was crying to God. God, what to do in America? You brought me here. What to do? So one day, my Bible opened up uh, with Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10. Do not be afraid. In this city, many people keep speaking. In this scripture, again, God started speaking to me. Okay, I should not be afraid here. Speak the gospel. So, following day onward, I kneel down in my apartment, and I just declared the church, me and my wife, my son, and we started. Fellowship. After two days, I met this Hindu family and preached the gospel. Another day, I met the Muslim family, preached the gospel. Another day, Buddhist family. So I helped them translating. I helped them uh, finding out jobs, filling up their papers. I helped them picking up even in the airport their relatives and all. So this is how the gospel started, and this is how the church, uh, the IRC, International Restoration Church, started. Over 400 people straight away from Buddhist and Hindu background, uh, people were baptized. And uh, this is how uh, the church established here. And before I came here, the same church there in Nepal, India, Bhutan, um, we had many branches. So uh, I keep on, I started working in one of the uh, uh, one of the company, and then whatever money I get. I just send the help, uh, those churches, those pastors, those uh, evangelists over there. 
even my $50 there would be a great money. So it would be uh, very helpful over there. So this is how even I come to United States, still the hundreds of people, hundreds of people are coming to Christ, even in Nepal, Bhutan, and India. But my experience here in America, uh, this is how the experience is. And it's a challenge, challenging in this country. I have no idea of any uh, politics, even I don't have right now any idea. But I'm a citizen of the U.S. And uh, from since 2016, I started uh, uh, giving my vote. Um, but here, uh, I see the division here. I see uh, even the Christian people are very much compromised. Mm-hmm. Um if there is any, if there is, uh, if there is any challenges, they will, uh, they will just uh, uh, confront. My encouragement here is: we are a Christian, we are a believer. Let us do what the Word of God says. Let us follow what the Word of God says. Challenges and persecutions, no matter either in, in this America or in other country, there will be there because. Uh, Every words are fulfilling now. We are in the we are in the end time. Let us keep on preaching the gospel. Let us never take revenge. Let us pray. Uh, let us pray, and let us uh, let us help. Let us not fight. Let us, you know, always preach the gospel. Help the people and keep our strong faith. Keep our strong faith. Well, jo- John, thank you. Thank you so much for 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 taking time to be with us today and for those encouraging words keep preaching the gospel Uh, that's what i'm hearing you're hearing it from a man who did it in prison to the prison guards as well as when he came here he didn't know anybody didn't have any resources and that's what he did and if you want to help john go to www.ircaustin.org and click on donations and you can help support john and the church and what they're doing there I love you, John. I appreciate you. Pray for you and your family. And uh, pray that God would continue to bless you and the International Restoration Church. We're going to be back tomorrow on SWAT Radio. Hope you'll tune in tomorrow and listen uh, to SWAT Radio. Have a great evening. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 